Welcome to the Healthcare Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk, and today we're talking to Mac McCormick, President and CEO of Eagle Telemedicine. He'll discuss how telemedicine is helping stem what experts call the rural outmigration from hospitals and how Eagle, an Atlanta-based company, is helping shape the healthcare industry. Thank you so much for joining me, Mac. Thank you, Shelby. So I want to start by understanding better some of the challenges that are facing telemedicine. So the benefits seem very clear for individual consumers, but what benefit is telemedicine providing some of these underserved communities that don't have good access to healthcare? Sure. Well, what we're seeing across the country is that there is a physician shortage and that physician shortage is frequently uh, manifested both in primary care physicians but in the hospitals we see that shortage being manifested with both primary care physicians and with specialty physicians and in rural hospitals that shortage is is really hyper acute almost creating a a, a geographic disadvantage for those communities and patients and family members in those communities because they just don't have the same access to to care, to specialty care, to 24-7 physician availability that might be available in larger cities. So what we have seen is, is that telemedicine and the services that we provide with our physicians very uniquely and very specifically helps address that physician shortage and that geographic maldistribution and kind of penalty that communities have when it comes to physician services. So those rural communities, I read an article that uh, Texas is leading the nation in the number of rural hospital closings. We do see rural hospital closings, and when that happens to a community, the effects can be profound, not only from the diminution of medical services that can be received by people who live in that community and the surrounding area, now potentially requiring them to drive further distances to seek health care. But in many communities, the hospital is one of the larger employers. So if a hospital closes, then a large employer closes. So the impact on a community can be significant. And we feel that there are community hospitals that may be at risk or trending in a way that they may be eventually facing some of those very difficult decisions. And so... Our goal is to to partner with hospitals, bring them resources so that they can better care for the patients in their community and to keep their health infrastructure vibrant and strong and appropriate to provide care that they can do there. Of course, there are going to be specialty services and specialty procedures and techniques that are more found in neuroscience centers and tertiary referral hospitals. And it's great that uh, a rural community has access to send patients to such a center that, that has those tertiary referral services. But basic care and many of the conditions that the patients may have in the community, if they can get that basic care in their community, then 
that provides value for them and, and value for their family to have that care close to home. So I understand Eagle Telemedicine has been in the industry for a while, actually. And so I wonder if you can share an anecdote about a rural hospital or a rural provider that has been aided with your services and been able to turn that around for for people who aren't receiving the medical care that they need. Sure. Thanks, Shelby. Eagle Telemedicine is about 10 years old, and we're a physician practice. We are not a technology company in the fact that we don't develop or sell hardware or software, but we obviously use the technology that has been developed that can allow us to interact with patients uh, with two-way audio and visual tools so that we can provide care in these rural communities and in metropolitan and urban as well, but specifically to our conversation today in rural communities. And we do that by bringing hospitalists to help cover at night when local physicians are being exhausted from 24-hour coverage. So we help them and help provide coverage at night, providing physicians and being able to make that care available on a 24-7 basis as well as bringing specialists that the community either would have difficulty recruiting or would have insufficient number of patients to fully support that specialist uh, just because the community is too small maybe to support one or two or three specialists in that field. Uh, Many stories, and you were referring to anecdotes, many stories where the addition of the specialty services has been able to allow more patients to stay. For example, a hospital that uh, didn't have neurologist, the community didn't have a neurologist to come to the hospital whenever patients had a stroke or other uh, neurologic conditions. By us being able to bring them 24-7 neurologists to evaluate patients in the emergency rooms with acute neurologic conditions, they were able to identify which patients could stay at their hospital for treatment and which ones needed to be referred to a tertiary referral center or a neuroscience center. So those patients that needed that referral were able to be expeditiously transferred for that specialized care. And the patients who needed rehab or other medical care that could be rendered by the local physicians with a neurology consultant providing that guidance, they were able to keep those. And so they were able to reduce their neurology transfers from 10 a month to five a month. And so those patients got to stay in their community hospital close to home. The family members of those patients didn't have to drive to see their family member. Those local relationships where people know the nurses at the hospital and they're able to get care from people they know close to home. And so that's kind of an example, but it's an example that happens time and time again, either that specialty or cardiology or pulmonary or critical care or nephrology, where physicians can allow patients to get care closer to home, and we can provide those physicians through through our group to complement and supplement the doctors and the nurses on the ground. 
In reading Eagle Telemedicine's FAQs on the site, uh, I came across a term called website manner, and I I love that. Uh, I'm curious, though, what kind of training goes into developing a doctor's website manner? A physician who is an excellent communicator on a bedside basis will typically be a very good communicator across a telemedicine encounter. A physician who's, you know, not as good a communicator and doesn't have the same skill sets as that first one. Telemedicine engagement probably is not going to enhance those skill sets. If anything, it, it may handicap them a little bit more. So I think that for us, uh, we seek physicians who are skilled, who are adaptable, who are interested and and challenged by new ways of, of practicing medicine and new ways of engaging patients. But then on the communication side, that they're excellent communicators, that they innately, that they are able to communicate empathy, they listen to patients. So we we seek to select patient or physicians that have those skill sets. Uh, we do provide training for our physicians in mechanisms of engagement and process and adapting in the evaluation and engagement of patients so that the things that we can't do across a screen, for instance, we have no hands. So for things that we would do physically with our hands and information that we would gain physically with our hands, how do we coordinate with doctors and nurses on the ground to gain that information that's critical in in the assessment of a patient and in the creation of diagnostic and therapeutic plans? So we, we work with and train our physicians in how we collaborate with the doctors and nurses on the ground so that we can have the full set of information we need to provide that care. It occurs to me for people that maybe a little bit suffer from white coat syndrome, uh, telemedicine may be a great way for them to finally get the care that they're needing in terms of regular checkups or medication management. Is that some of the things that you're seeing in terms of adoption of, of maybe people that you would have thought would have been skeptics of this technology, but are really embracing the, the aspect of it or the, the impact of it? Oh, yeah. Um, so it, you know, sometimes I think that, you know, might be a scenario they may be more comfortable, you know, if they're seeing a, a physician from their home as opposed to, you know, maybe the intimidating scenario of a, of a physician's practice. We are seeing more and more physicians in the outpatient arena incorporating telemedicine as another mechanism to engage and interact with their patients. And I expect that will continue to uh, become more widespread. What are some of those specific outpatient uh, uh, capabilities that, that you're seeing? Not so much within Eagle because our focus is on inpatient telemedicine, but what we are seeing is primary care physicians in the community uh, having uh, scheduled appointments with existing patients via telemedicine, and the patient will be at their home or at their own, you know, business office and engaging for a follow-up visit or a, a scheduled appointment that way. 
And so um, there are many progressive organizations that have expanded uh, the access of patients to their provider through telemedicine. Kaiser uh, is certainly one of those that provides many patients the opportunity to have an outpatient uh, visit with their uh, their physician via telemedicine uh, platform. So absolutely, uses for geographic limitations for outpatient, but then also the back to what we were discussing before, the rural hospitals and the limitations of having the right specialists on hand. Telemedicine is, is certainly making an impact there. And, and what are some of the things you've got coming up for Eagle Telemedicine that you're working on that you see really making a great impact? Yeah, it's frequently... The only limitations are the uh, kind of the ingenuity and the imagination of physicians and healthcare leaders. But some of the things that we are seeing that have kind of come out of that imagination and ingenuity of, of leaders is, is ways to engage and, and support local physicians on the ground. So we've seen a lot of interest in our virtual partner program where a solo physician in a community, nephrologist or cardiologist or or pretty much any medical subspecialty physician who may be a solo doctor in that community, unrealistic to expect them to be available 24-7, 365. And if they are, probably going to burn them out and, and, and may retire early. And so we bring through our physicians, basically we provide a partner so that that doctor doesn't have to cover every weekend or doesn't have to cover every night or has somebody to cover when they want to take a vacation. And so that physician now has somebody to share that, those call responsibilities, those weekends with, and they don't have to recruit another physician and they don't have to recruit a physician that there may not be enough business to totally support in the community. The community may only have enough uh, medical needs in that specialty to support one physician, but you need a physician to help complement call schedule and night work and weekend work so that it's an appropriate balance of professional and personal time for that that one that one solo specialist who's obviously critically valuable to the community. So we've seen engagement of hospitals looking for solutions like that where they can support a local physician. We've seen hospitals who may not have emergency needs in the hospital in a given specialty, but they need scheduled consults. And so they're able to uh, request a consult in a specialty, and then get a scheduled time when the uh, specialist will provide that inpatient consult. So the patient and the nurse and the family all know what time the doctor's going to come. They don't, they're not waiting around all day wondering what time they're going to come. They know at, at 9 o'clock or at 1 o'clock or whatever that appointed time is that the doctor will be there to see the patient and the family members know when to be there if they want to participate in that discussion. Yeah, that, that's a point right there. I, 
I would find in helping care for my grandmother who uh, fell and broke her hip and had hip surgery. I would try to make it up to the hospital just as early as I could. And But man, the specialists would come by, you know, 6.37 in the morning. I'm like, ah, I missed them. So I can absolutely see that value in, in having an appointed time to to meet with those those specialists. And it, basically it improves the chance that families have, have the opportunity to ask the doctor those questions instead of relying on kind of secondhand through the nurse. I think all of us have probably experienced that. Yep, yep. All right, Mac, well, thank you so much for joining me. Sure, Shelby, thank you. And thanks to you listeners for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to articles, podcasts, and creative video. Until next time, I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk. <laughs>